0: is only $7 per month. So if you're ready to align to your best self and show up as your inner being, a priceless investment in yourself, you can head over to channelwithamber.com slash subscribe to give it a peek. I'll see you over there. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine long time no listen. <laughs> I wrote this episode in June before I went on my unintentional hiatus. The life I lived then is drastically different than the life I live now. I literally feel like I'm on my third lifetime this year with all of the shifting My habits have changed, my view of the world has changed, my experience of life has changed. Since this is a big year of transition for the collective, I wanted to share my musings to help put into words the energy of the shift happening in me, in case some bits resonate with you. Here we go! If you are new to this podcast, welcome. Thanks for being here. I recommend probably starting at episode one because I do build on from concepts that I've already spoken about. So yeah, if you can do that or just enjoy the ride, whatever you want. Before we get into this episode, I want to share some very exciting news. I am launching a subscription program to give you exclusive access to some really great content. It's all of your self-care, all of your spiritual curiosities, psychic expansion, all that good stuff, all in one place. (laughs) I will be offering everything from mini courses to movement meditations, weekly tips to monthly collective guidance. You'll be able to see the video version of my podcast ad-free if you want to stare at me making these as I talk into a sock and read from my computer. You will also be getting the podcast before the general public. Look at you, fancy schmancy. New content is going to be uploaded regularly, multiple times a week, so there's going to be a ton of stuff coming at you constantly. I will expand further upon concepts I talk about in the podcast, so if you want to learn how to do stuff or kind of dive further, we can. We can go live together. Sky's the limit here. I do want to give an FYI. This is through OnlyFans. OnlyFans is a mix between social media and Patreon, which is why I've decided to go with it. It's commonly associated with adult entertainment, but there is a large percentage of OnlyFan accounts that have nothing to do with that, but are about like makeup and fitness and fashion and whatever. So just want to be very straightforward. It isn't OnlyFans, <laughs> but it, it, there will be no nudity. <laughs> It's just spirituality. If you want to check it out, you can find me at onlyfans.com slash channel with Amber. There will also be a direct link in the episode description. So excited. I'll see you there. All right, so back to it. This will be a two-part conversation. This first bit is about my life from May to June. Next episode, we'll be going in depth into some really life-changing realizations and actions that had been floating through me from July to November, which will be an adventure. This is like a nice, easy prep into a very wild ride. So in May, Lewis and I ventured to Big Sur to go camping for a few days. This was the second time I've ever gone camping. The first was when I was like six years old. I have always wanted to go to Big Sur. It was incredible, and I had some really powerful revelations while I was there. First is regarding the power of your environment. I will touch upon this again in part two, but I'm going to kind of plant the seed now. Due to my PTSD, I often go through waves of feeling heightened at random points throughout the day. Nothing crazy, just alert, like I had too much cup, too much coffee. My words aren't working. Like I had one too many cups of coffee. There we go. My mouth wanted to say cups. It's out. (laughs) In the woods, however, I felt nothing. I felt safe, my nervous system was completely calm and offline for the first time in my entire life, not even over-exaggerating, it was magical. As we were heading home and getting back into LA, the heaviness of the city just smacked me right upside the head. It was so obvious, all the traffic, all the stress, all the aggression, I could feel my nervous system begin heightening immediately, and it was honestly a bit upsetting, I had to go to the bathroom really bad before making it home. So we stopped at a gas station, and the first thing I thought about once I opened the door was sex trafficking, be careful. It was really frustrating. Bathrooms always made me feel the most uncomfortable, partly due to the whole Bloody Mary ordeal that I shared about earlier in the podcast, and partly due to just how loud. Toilets flush in public restrooms, it just stresses out my nervous system. But magically in the woods, in Big Sur, I was able to go to the bathroom in the pitch black with no light and had no issue with the toilet flushing or anything. Like I felt totally fine and happy and safe, I could sleep in the bathroom for God's sake. But just getting out of the car in LA, I was immediately on edge. It was very eye-opening, and I made it my goal to never lose sight of the sense of control, calm, and peace that I had experienced in Big Sur. I promised myself that I would go there a few times every year to reset because it was just like pure magic. It was the deepest reset I could have ever asked for. Due to life, I haven't yet been able to go. I'm planning on going to the woods in December probably, but... things have changed, but that's definitely something that I will try to stick to. And I highly recommend if you like camping, that maybe now's a good time to just go. (laughs) It is so important to foster an environment where you feel safe and at peace. This is where having good energetic hygiene becomes very important, especially for your space. Cleanse your space monthly I've got an episode all about that, or we can do it together on my OnlyFans in a few weeks. I'll teach you how to do it, and I'll do one via the video. (laughs) Keep your space tidy. Let the sunshine in. Let fresh air in. Foster an environment that makes you feel good. Move furniture around if it just doesn't feel right or you know if you just need to move things around to make you feel at peace work with your environment collaborate with it if something doesn't feel right or is kind of bothering you do something about it it's grabbing your attention for a reason meditate in your space that allows the energy that you are downloading while meditating to just saturate into your space that really nice high frequency love and light mm good stuff yeah meditate have like a sacred corner in your room and while you meditate have the intention that your energy and the energy you're connecting to is just permeating out and engulfing your whole room with this beautiful peaceful energy invite your guides and while you do that or invite them to help you if you need help connect to the land of your home and the nurturing earth energies that reside in it if you're able to deeply connect to the root of your environment beneath all of the chaos that may be laying on top, you will be able to move through the weight with ease. That weight of that chaos, you'll be able to just push through it. Find the stillness, talk to the leaves, listen to the wind, watch the animals. We are constantly exchanging with our surroundings. So being mindful of how and what we are exchanging with does wonders for your mental and emotional well-being. to ensure you do not bring in unnecessary weight. I'm going to leave this one here. We'll circle back and expand further next episode. Second is regarding breaking out of the norm. On one of the hikes I took out there, I was following the trail, but the plants around were so beautiful that I kept stopping to take them in, then I would continue on until I caught back to Lewis. I was doing this constantly and it started to feel a little bit strange. So, I started reconsidering how I was approaching the hikes. Rather than blindly going in a single direction, I would take my time, make stops, go backwards, whatever I felt. I listened to my interests and curiosities rather than conforming to what I believed to be the unspoken rules of just having to walk straight. Though this was a very minimal thing, it completely opened my eyes to so much. Sometimes the smallest little ripple causes a giant tsunami. <laughs> There's a current social media trend that says POV, you just realized you have free will, and then the person goes and like eats chips on top of the refrigerator or throws an egg at their cabinet. This sort of ignited that same concept in me back then. I started honoring my peculiar nature and became creative with how I interacted with my environment and how I prioritized my day. With that, my challenge for you is to find one moment per day to do something peculiar or in a peculiar manner, rather. Whether that be exploring what it feels like to sleep on your bed horizontally rather than vertically, which I do, or even flipping where your head goes. That's fun. Challenging yourself to find a new way to put on clothing if you want to jump into your pants. Be careful, but have fun. Knock yourself out. Take a moment to sit on the sidewalk and feel the environment around you as you're going from car to house, whatever. Just kind of do something out of the norm. Do something that, like, inner child you would want to do or is curious to do, that adult you would be like, come on, we don't have time for that. Some random things I changed due to being inspired by this revelation are I ditched, this is stupid, I ditched the sheet on my bed. Apparently, many people don't use the sheet anymore, I would use them because I thought you had to use a sheet. I just thought that's how you made a bed, but I just, I just don't like them. So I decided to finally like release that. And for whatever reason, it felt very, what's the word? I felt rebellious. (laughs) I enjoy walking with a stalk of celery to snack on, which kind of looks weird because I'll take a big like whole one, you know, and just munch on it. But there's something very satisfying about it. I have embraced my curiosity more. I've asked a lot more strangers questions. And I've actually met some wonderful close friends of mine that were strangers because I just asked random strangers random questions. I started taking new routes to get home, only following my intuition to do things like house hunt, which is how I found this beautiful home that I'm in. I'll essentially just set the intention that I want to find a home or want to get to my home in some way that's new, and then I just kind of allow my intuition to tell me right or left or when to do what. In my last episode, I spoke about not wanting to move, but again, very much has changed. But I love my little home now. We'll catch up soon. <laughs> Third, I realized that some habits I really need to foster are tidying my space every day, spending time going slow outside, eating enough food, and limiting my phone usage. My productivity and mental groundedness are so much better when I prioritize these. All of these were constantly being done while we were camping, and I just loved it. I loved this formula. There's nothing more I hate than making a bed it's better now without the sheet but before there's nothing more I hated than making a bed but now I do it every morning and I tidy any mess I left or I made every night before bed it makes such a difference for how I feel in my body and in my space. I feel like I'm giving my environment the love and care and attention it deserves, which attracts even more abundance into my life because in turn I am giving that to myself and I am fostering more of that. I have gotten out of my morning yoga and journaling routine a bit just due to life. My schedule has changed drastically. Things are kind of all over the place a little bit but one thing i do make sure i prioritize no matter what is my afternoon walk and reflection if i'm low on time i'll walk to the grocery store or brainstorm on a project as i walk to make the most out of my time like killing two birds with one stone but i make sure i go outside once a day at the very least i've also drastically limited my phone usage I will still get stuck in the mindless scroll, but especially in the mornings and at night, I have prioritized just thinking and remaining curious about my environment. Sometimes this looks like me just laying in bed and staring at the curious grooves in the wall and the ceiling. I've gotten to know these walls very well. I don't know what it is about walls, but you, if, ah oh man, if you really just get lost in the image of it, It's like looking at clouds and finding shapes, you know? There's something, it just expands your brain. I feel like I've been able to access so much more. I've been able to tap into my creativity so much more just by staring at these damn walls. I highly recommend it. Fostering curiosity has really helped me with my phone usage limitation because it pulls me out of the phone very quickly you just have to fully chase that curiosity to ensure you are successful because there's like a weird magnetism in the phone it's hard to put it down sometimes i totally totally get it fourth what i am experiencing is not my environment there are highs and lows in everything and it all adds to the song of life and unity. But one's experience does not define the whole. As such, one does not need to only align with the imbalance in the environment. You always have a choice. Every single little piece of experience is just one little facet. It does not make the whole thing up, which means that you can shift that one little facet that you are experiencing or focusing on. I went on a run and tried aligning to the best energy I could as I did. I was by a park. There was someone sitting in a car. That made me very uncomfortable. So I decided to instead align with the beautiful yard of the house I was walking next to. Though this served as a distraction from the uncomfortable energy I felt, I was still aware of the dude in the car, so that discomfort was still active in my field. In order to purely align with the good stuff, I had to completely release the negative stuff's power. There's a difference between surrendering to a possibility and saying it doesn't feel right and you'll get through it should something happen, so it's not even worth considering in that moment. You get what I'm saying? It's like the first one, it's like, this is a possibility, so I'm just going to prepare for it versus I'm not even going to stress about it. It's not my problem. I can trust myself and my environment. That second one allows you to release power. It's not active in your field. You won't be manifesting it to you. You can calmly and peacefully just let it go. It reminds you that you are powerful, you are capable, you are protected, you are safe, It takes a lot of practice, but really tunes you into a place of trust with the universe, which I can honestly say has made an enormous difference in how I move from day to day. As I reflected on that concept more, I began to wonder if many of the physical ailments I experience are a result of me putting attention on and aligning with the lows in my environment. Again, there are highs and lows that make up life. Neither are good nor bad. It's just kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure situation. And I noticed that I would usually choose the adventure of low, not feeling good kind of stuff because it was kind of a coping mechanism that I developed over time. One, if I am in the heaviness before it can grab me, it'll hurt less and feel less traumatic. It almost like subconsciously makes me feel like I'm in control of the negative situation rather than it just like coming to get me. You know what I'm saying? And two, I noticed that in many points in my life, I wouldn't feel loved unless something was seriously wrong. So I developed some sort of weird mechanism that I've overcome but I struggled with for a while. Where, like, in relationships, for example, if I was in an argument and the argument wasn't going anywhere and I was feeling like I was drowning and there was just no way out, I would have a panic attack. But it didn't necessarily feel like it was due to me feeling in danger, but rather it was because it allowed everything to stop and us to acknowledge the love and care that we have for each other which isn't very healthy (laughs) looking at nature if you see a bush you can either choose to stay focused on the dead leaves that are peeping out here and there or the bright beautiful flowers that are being nurtured as a result of the nutrients of the dead leaves they are all part of the bush and its experience, neither are good nor bad, but we have the ability to choose how we see the bush and what we see. That's what she said. <laughs> Applying this, I realized that I have a tendency of mirroring what is physically wrong with other people. My grandma, for example, always had any issues with so I had knee issues. One of my friends had a shy bladder and couldn't pee if she thought someone could hear her, then all of a sudden I couldn't go to the bathroom if somebody was right outside. One person is allergic to a type of flower, all of a sudden I'm allergic to that type of flower or the scent of it gives me a headache. I had a habit of aligning with the negative rather than the positive. Using the visual of the bush helped me reset my view of negative ailments. Things such as my knee issues, I was then able to move through, and they've actually been really good since, got to say. I applied my grandma's knees to the dead brush, then chose someone with great knees, applied them to the blooming flowers of the bush, and decided to explore those flowers and that experience instead. I highly recommend trying it. Seeing it like that almost, like, detaches the um, emotional <laughs> roots from a certain experience so that you're able to kind of see the whole and then just be like, okay, done with this box. Let me check over here. So it helped me highly recommend it. It may take time to fully surrender to the new perspective, but the mind is a super powerful thing and this concept has changed my life. Another example of this, at my last apartment, my neighbors smoked cigarettes. I'm very sensitive to cigarette smoke, my nose will start bleeding, and I'll get a really bad headache if I'm exposed to it for too long, so I have to be very aware of the air that I am breathing. We had similar schedules, so it seemed like every time I would go outside to do my yoga or something, they would smoke, or sometimes the smoke would naturally just come in through the window, and it would frustrate me because I was scared of growing a headache. Naturally, I usually would grow a headache because I was stressing about it. By focusing on what I didn't like about my environment, I was amplifying that and its effects. By taking the focus off of it and looking to something else that I liked in the environment instead, for example, the smell of fresh flowers that I had around, it completely allowed the smoke smell to subside and I would not have a reaction. So there you go. The first Saturday of June... I went through a very serious death and rebirth. It was really bizarre. Upon waking up, I felt a really deep growing energy that felt reminiscent of a deep transition happening. It felt like the current version of me was leaving, along with its current perceptions of the world, like it had maxed out its time. Lewis and I were on our way to teach our kids class in the morning, and I started tearing up while looking out the window because I was overcome with a feeling that the simple act of looking outside in wonder was going to be something that I would no longer have access to. It felt like the innocent curiosity I have wasn't going to be around anymore or something. like. It felt like I was mourning in preparation to die and was trying to savor the moment. On our way back from teaching, I started crying really hard, and I had a strong urge to thank Louis for his role in my life, as if I wasn't going to be seeing him again. It was a very emotional morning. It felt like I was literally in the final moments, so I went outside to do my yoga just to kind of reset, and upon starting, I saw a death angel. Not one that I usually see. And I don't honestly remember fully what it looked like. I don't think I was supposed to remember because I feel like it's a memory that was correlated with that version of me. Um, But it was essentially humanoid looking with a um, big mask that looked like a bird. And they had wings. They said, it's time to go. I said, I know, because I did. I started tearing up again and started my yoga practice, assuming that something would happen during the time I was doing it. Once I finished, however, nothing felt different. I went to pet my cat Skeeter, and something weird happened. It felt like I had x-ray vision and could see through his fur into his body and then even deeper into his soul. Like as I put my hands on him, I could feel and experience his soul. I wanted to just dive into his skin. It was intoxicating. It felt so good and just full of love. Oh, it was like a nice little kitty snuggle with your face in the belly. <laughs> then I went to pet thistle and realized I could feel the same thing in her. I gotta say, a week before this, I had a conversation with a higher version of myself and realized that there are multiple higher versions of myself, some extraterrestrial, that are all connecting right now, and it's up to me to essentially catch up with them and create a line of communication. Each each lifetime, we have a higher self. These are the most optimal versions of that collection of our soul's energy for that lifetime. They are where we have reached a certain optimal state of being. These are all versions of us we have access to at all times because they are a part of us. In my case, to connect to them, I felt I needed to embody them. So I needed to fully step into the reality of each One higher version of me is a commander of an ET mission that has to do with raising the collective frequency here on Earth. So to connect, I have to adopt those fearless, grounded, powerful states of operation she possesses to have access to her and her wisdom. The more I started tapping into these various versions of me, the more in control and grounded in life I felt. It was a very noticeable difference. As I began putting myself out there more doing things that I wouldn't have done before, etc. My body approached it, wanting to freeze and procrastinate, which it's always done. But when I would keep pushing through, I was able to get past those feelings more and more. They had a far smaller grip on me and they they hung around for a shorter period of time. They weren't as strong, you know, they just kind of started weakening. In embodying that version of yourself, you can move through a lot of what your body is going through because you're tapping into the understanding that the fear your body is acting upon is false. It's like you're tuning into this like high and mighty version of you, and you have all of these like optimal high and mighty versions of you, so you literally have everything at your fingertips, and that's a damn powerful thing to be connected to, and we all have connection to that. That's also something that I'll teach um, a mini course in my OnlyFans. If I was working on a project, I would call in the higher version of myself that had the skills correlated with whatever I was doing or that would be best, best help. I would imagine their energy their consciousness downloading into my mind and body like a software update on a computer that I would basically let them take over so it's kind of like you go into a meditative state and then you begin operating in collaboration with them I felt my mannerisms change my views change it was really beautiful like in seeing all of the possibilities available to me it's kind of like trance channeling in a sense but again it's more of a collaborative effort um If you want to kind of begin exploring it on your own, I would recommend establishing a protective golden light bubble around your body coming from your heart chakra, imagining it um, expand out and envelop your body. Invite your guides to come assist you and then welcome in your higher self for this lifetime first and just experience what their experience is like. What do they feel like? How do they hold their body? How do they sound? How do they talk? What kinds of words do they like to use? What do they like to do? What are their mannerisms? You know what I'm saying? It's almost like an acting exercise. So, going back, backing it up, back to the day I died and was born again, I had a dance gig far away and decided that on my way back home, I was going to go to this club that I was interested in. Um, the samba company I'm with has a residency at a club that we perform at a lot, but other than that, I'm not a club person. I don't go to clubs. I had never been to a club except that one. I decided to just go just because my friend was doing tarot there and it just, I don't know, just felt right. So after my gig, I walked in, I was feeling powerful. I just had this rebirth. I was like awakened to my higher selves. My energy was radiating. I felt it. And as I walked in, these two guys were like, finally, someone interesting. (laughs) I don't feel like I looked particularly cooler than anybody. There were some really cool looking people, but that was a great confidence booster. There were so many interesting people there. I loved every minute of it. One main effect of my rebirth that I noticed was that I fell into a constant alignment of love understanding that I am love, my purpose here is to share love. So going into this club, my interactions with people were very different than how they were before. I was able to see everybody the same way that like putting my hands on my cats. I was able to just feel and experience their pure core. That's kind of what it was like as I was seeing all of these people. It allowed me to really like love and appreciate people very deeply immediately upon meeting so at this place with all of these interesting people I just was in this like beautiful state of love and curiosity and I ended up meeting my current partner that night and things have been really wonderful Following that day, my interactions with people have continued to be very different because of this very deep, like, love exchange that had, that started happening. And I started really honoring the fact that new people often come into my life when they need expansion. So as such, I've been holding more room for deeper connections with strangers and their needs. I truly no longer feel stressed about how I'm viewed. It feels like I finally started aligning with my purpose here, and I felt like a magical little universal fairy sparkling all the corners with glitter. (laughs) And again, that is a result of coming to a state of seeing the core, seeing the oneness, seeing the soul of each person, thing, being that I interact with. That is normally how our higher selves operate. So again, the more you connect to your higher self in that way, the more you'll be able to ease into that, feel safe to do so, and just really tune into all of the collaboration and experiences available here to all of us because we are all one. Finally, my last realization of this life chapter, I was teaching at a summer camp. It's a sports camp that I teach hip-hop at every summer. It is predominantly boys that are there to do sports, (laughs) so 99% do not want to dance. It's a lot of fun some days and a nightmare on others, so that is, I always learn so much every summer from that experience. This past summer in particular really taught me how to let go and just make the most out of chaos. A dance class is structured very specifically. There's a warm-up, stretching center work, across the floor, then you can learn choreography or whatever, depends on the dance style, but there's a very specific structure. Since this is a camp, I incorporate a lot of games around learning choreography so that it's a bit more playful and exciting than a standard dance class. Despite being flexible in my approach, I would still try to force certain things to happen to ensure we were dancing. So, Though we would be playing games, it would be like they would have to at least learn like two counts of eight or something. They needed to do some sort of dance activity that I had in mind. Over the years, I've learned that some groups of kids just are not going to dance, so trying to force them is not going to do anything, but just give me a headache. This year, I took the approach to prioritize having fun, which is what the point of the camp is anyways. So if they went off task and started singing really loud, I would let them sing. If they started deviating from the activity, but everyone was having the time of their life doing it, I'd let it go for a little while. I started collaborating with them to get the job done, which the job is essentially just us being at camp together, rather than forcing them to conform to my planned schedule. Seems somewhat self-explanatory, or somewhat obvious, but this... Approach is honestly not something that I had previously considered. By working with them, the resistance to me when I did want them to cooperate was significantly less. They were far more responsive and engaged. I love kids. I used to nanny. I used to babysit a lot. And I noticed that I would get so incredibly drained after working with them. It was crazy. Like, nothing drained me more than kids. They really just sucked the life out of me. And it wasn't until June of this year that I realized that I put my boundaries down with kids. They are vulnerable by nature. So due to my mirroring mechanism that we talked about, about the bush stuff, I think I was always putting my walls and boundaries down to kind of meet them where they were which isn't good. That's not going to help anybody. So I started being mindful of this and put a golden bubble around me between each groups of kids. Combining that with allowing myself to work with them rather than fight them or work against them, I had so much more energy and had so much more fun. I began to see the kids for who they were, the unique souls they carry, and respect that. And again, connect to that state of love. Before, I may have gotten completely annoyed by someone yelling or interrupting or being chaotic and distracting everyone, but this shift allowed me to see through that. I could see that they just had a hard time paying attention or just liked being in the spotlight or were just excited about something and wanted to share. They don't know any better. They're children. (laughs) By accepting them and their interests, it changed the way I approach teaching as well as the way I just approach people. The guy I started dating is a completely different type of human being from me. We're very similar in some ways and very different in others. Out of my rebirth, I was far more open to new opportunities and people. And I feel like the timing of everything was just impeccable. I was able to see past the discomfort of newness and instead focus on the exchange. What he can teach me and vice versa. And this also applies to just random people I would meet. I was also able to detach from any anxiety. I kept telling myself that I have nothing to lose and to just be me. It had been a very long time since I was on a date, so was unclear of the social norms and such, but rather than trying to figure them out and conform, I decided to just do what I wanted. <laughs> I am not one that likes to conform to rules anyways, so why stress about that over some person that I just met, you know what I'm saying? If anything, dating should be about honestly wanting to get to know a person, and if I'm a certain way, you know, I shouldn't be acting that way. That does come with its awkward moments sometimes, and it did. It did. I'm surprised that I got this far with him because I'm a, I feel like I did some very awkward, weird things. but you know, it's just new territory. And it's all good. Here we are. We were both on the same page. Like attracts like. Sometimes the universe has a far greater plan than we can anticipate. And even if we are a little awkward, it's not enough to affect anything. You know what I'm saying? Because it's all meant to be. You can trust the people the universe puts around you. You don't have to change yourself or shift around in order to like try to do the right thing be you honor your light and your unique perspective allow the other person to do the same and you will make magic there's nothing more important than being transparently you when we muddy ourselves and our personalities with traits that don't align with us but are more mirroring, again, it's all this damn mirroring. Mirroring does not do any good. Don't mirror. <laughs> Be you. Make your own decisions. Have your own opinions and honor them all the way. All right. And that's all. That's all I got for you. This was very much more a diary-esque kind of episode. A lot of word vomiting. A lot of um, catching you up. But I hope you got something out of it. I hope these shifts in me help put into words some shifts you're going through and perhaps help you kind of walk around them or walk through them. I'm very excited for next episode. That one's going to be (laughs) action-packed. Have a wonderful week, my friends. I love you. Thank you for being here as always. I'll see you very soon. Thank you so much for listening to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. To learn more about me, my work, and such, you can visit channelwithamber.com or follow me on Instagram at channelwithamber. A special thank you to Unicorn Heads for my theme song, A Mystical Experience. See you next time.